Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, here we are. I am going to keep it together. I am not going to cry because I am, this is a happy thing. This is an exciting moment. I feel so thankful to have uh, put together a podcast with the help of so many amazing guests for the past three years. I can't believe it's been three years. And today it is the final episode I've had. I, I understand not everyone listens to every episode. So, so many people asked why, why, why? So just a quick recap of why. I think a lot of the times things can come to an end. Um, someone said to me once, when you start a podcast, it doesn't have to go on for the rest of your life. It could be, um, you could have different themes and do like four episodes with that theme. And and this has been the same theme for um, heartbro- Heartbreak with very different stories over the past three years. And I think three years is a long time. And I officially hit 2 million downloads, which is insane to me. I am so thankful, a successful live event, and I am so proud of it. And I like, I just can't believe that people have stuck with me and listened. And some people have gone through phases listening and it's helped them or they've shared their stories and it's helped. Or uh, you've stuck with me through horrible audio issues, the transition from doing in studio to over the internet, which always creates extra issues. I mean, I could go on and on. This podcast honestly helped heal me maybe as much as it helped some other people. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, After three years, it's time. It it is a lot of work, and while I love doing it, um, you know, I think I'm looking at things like, okay, what can I do next? So this isn't the end of maybe a podcast for me in general, but maybe I try something new and maybe I don't. Maybe I come back to this and I'm like, oh, whoops, never mind, but probably not. So I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. Um, But I ended it on an episode today that takes me back to the beginning of Heartbroken. So for my last time, thank you so much. I... I appreciate you listening. This is the Heartbroken Podcast. Emily joins me today on the Heartbroken Podcast. Emily, this is so insane to me, but you are my final episode of the Heartbroken Podcast. And it's interesting and almost kind of a full circle thing for me to be talking to someone who has a story like yours because it reminds me of my personal story a little bit. Mine was on a much smaller scale. and. For it to come full circle like three years later with you experiencing this. First of all, I'm so sorry you are. But maybe before I get ahead of myself, I'll let you kind of explain what people will hear in your story today. Yes. Uh, so today I'm going to tell a story about how I learned that my boyfriend of almost four years had another girlfriend of 18 months, just near weeks before our four-year anniversary. Um, not learning not only was he a cheater, but a pathological liar to boot. I'm Fallon. And this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. 
I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. All right. Now, I, I know that we, I always talk to people a little bit in advance, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Like, how do we want to share this story? And I think a lot of your story comes out after you find out this shocking information because you kind of even said, like, you just have, like, a very normal, average relationship. So that's why this is even more shocking. You didn't have, like, a tumultuous, chaotic relationship. Um, so maybe to kind of, like, catch everyone up to what your relationship was was like tell us a little bit about like how you guys met and a little bit about your time together over those four years of course yeah so Chris and I met in June of 2017 um as far as I was aware we had both just gotten out of um somewhat serious relationships and weren't really looking for anything to um to committed to serious you know just kind of summer fling we met online. Um, we got our first date in early June. And by August, we were like officially boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and, you know, it was just like a very normal, happy relationship. We would, um, you know, go to Target, we'd go bowling, we'd go see movies, go out to dinner, um, take our dogs on walks, you know, just kind of your normal basic stuff. Um, in the first six months of our relationship, it was, you know, really, really good, really healthy. Um, I was really happy. Um, and then actually when we had only been dating about six months, um, it was my birthday. And at the time our dogs didn't get along at the point where we could leave them home alone together. Um, and so I got a dog sitter for my birthday and the dog sitter actually ended up being Chris's ex-girlfriend. Oh my gosh, what are the odds? (laughs) Yeah, and so it's kind of funny because I feel like the universe tried to tell me earlier, but after I picked up my dog, she told me that she and Chris had hooked up in October after we had been already been dating for like four months at that point. And we, so we broke up and then we got back together about a month later. Um, And then we were together for, you know, another three and a half years after that. We just, we just broke up for about a month and then got back together, just a little blip on the radar. And, you know, he swore he was sorry. It was a one-time mistake. He didn't mean it, blah, 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 blah. I was young, insecure, took him back. Well, yeah, I think it's so interesting that she even revealed that information to you, but you're right. Like what a universal sign kind of telling you early on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The universe definitely tried to correct that mistake earlier in the timeline, but I ignored them. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I get how you believe, okay, maybe this was a one-off thing. We're in a newish relationship, but obviously over the next like three and a half years, did you have any insecurities? Like, were you jealous or worried or did you kind of get past it pretty easily? So after, you know, the first year or so after we got back together, Um, After that little break, I thought I was on high alert. I was on the lookout for anything that seemed suspicious. You know, I've been listening to Dave Ryan, the morning show for years. So I've heard all of the stories. I, you know, I had my eyes open for hairs on the couch, hair ties that weren't mine in the bathroom, bobby, bobby pins that I didn't use. You know, I had my eyes open for all that kind of stuff and never saw anything. And so then I just kind of let my guard down and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let myself enjoy this relationship, be happy. Um, Yeah. You know, after, um, 
after we'd been together about a year, I moved to, to Richfield and my new apartment was really close to his house and it was on my way to work. And Chris worked from home. So I would drop my dog off at his house in the morning so she could like be at daddy daycare as we called it twice a week. And cause he had a dog and worked from home. And so they just got to play all day. And then I would go over after work and we would hang out, make dinner, watch TV, you know, that kind of stuff. So you just it, dropped your dog off like two days a week? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and it worked out really nicely. I'm a huge creature of habit. And Chris told me he's in a couple adult recreational hockey leagues with buddies. And he told me that he had hockey on Mondays and Wednesdays. And so then we would hang out Tuesdays, Thursdays. I usually did stuff with my girlfriends on Friday nights. And then I would sleep over on Saturdays. You know, so it just it worked out so well. It was so it just it worked on so many levels. Um, scheduling wise, personality wise, we really, really meshed. Um, and it was just a very comfortable relationship. You know, by the mm-hmm. summer of 2020, we had been, or 2021, we'd been together for four years. You obviously didn't live together? No, no, we did not. We had just started talking about it when the bombshell happened. Um, okay. Chris worked for a company based in California. So pre-COVID, he would have to go out there a couple times a year, usually leaving Sunday night, coming back Thursday night. And so I would stay at his house, you know, for four or five days in a row by myself. I had a key to his house. I pretty much came and went as I pleased. I had, you know, shampoo, conditioner, a razor in the shower. I had my entire skin skincare routine in the bathroom cupboard. You know, I would routinely leave clothes there for days at a time. Um, And everything was always where I left it when I came back. And so I was just like, yeah, there's no way he's cheating on me because he has hockey two days a week. He's with me four other days a week and and he's lazy. There's no way he has time to cheat, you know? (laughs) Um, And so, you know, we just, you know, fast forward four years, we've, we've been together for a long time and things are very, very, very comfortable. You know, how, how any relationship is after you've been together that long, you know, we didn't really fight a whole lot. When we fought, it was over things like I wanted to get pizza for dinner, but he was insisting he stay on his low carb diet or I didn't want to go. I didn't want to watch that movie. And he did, you know, that kind of stuff, stuff that, stuff that wasn't important, that didn't matter. We didn't really have big fights because we tended to see eye to eye on most topics. But then you get, was it a message? Yes. Yeah. So a message. Yes. Yeah. The first week of May. um, um, And I also, I feel like it's important to tell everybody um, in July of 2020, my best friend died. My very best friend died. And Chris was there for me through it all. He was there at the funeral with me. I can't tell you how many nights I spent like crying in his bed over how much I missed my, missed my best friend. Um, at the same time, I cut contact with my mom. Um, I was raised by two um, narcissistic abusive parents and cut, cut ties with my mom much later than I should have. And Chris was there for me through all of it. Um, and I, I started weekly therapy and really unpacking a lot of childhood trauma and all of that fun stuff. And he was there for all of it and helped me through all of it. You know, it wasn't just that like, oh, we just had good times together. Like we were there for each other in the bad times too. 
And then um, last month I was in the middle of Dungeons and Dragons one night and I got a notification that I had a message on Instagram and I went to go look at it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't think it was going to happen, but as soon as I saw the message preview, I knew I didn't have to read it because I knew what it was, you know, and it just just saw a girl and like the gut just hit you. Yeah. I saw like the preview where it's like, Emily, I'm so sorry to tell you this. And I just, my stomach fell out of my body, you know, just that gut punch that you just, you know what it is. I don't even have to read it because I know what it is. Um, and Kristen, the other woman, um, basically they had been together off and on even before Chris and I met each other. Um, but they had been specifically on in a committed monogamous relationship, monogamous being a funny word to use. Um, but they had been in a committed relationship for the last 18 months, boyfriend and girlfriends, you know, he told her he wasn't seeing anybody else, which is exactly what he told me four years ago. Yeah. 18 months, 18 months. And so I, I asked her, I was like, at first I was like, this is a lie because I have so much stuff at his house. You know, I have my entire skincare routine because I would come home from work and I'd take off my makeup for the evening and, you know, wash, tone, moisturize everything. And like, didn't you ever see my stuff in the bathroom cupboards? Didn't you see my face wash, my toothbrush, my shampoo? And she was like, Emily, my hand to God, I never saw any of it. And so I don't know what Chris was doing, but he must have been packing away my stuff every other day and hiding it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the sheer amount of detail and effort put into maintaining this, this, you know, song and dance routine or whatever you want to call it. So, so she was staying with him. Obviously she must've been staying with him. I mean, I can put two and two together. Um, the nights that he wasn't with you. So yeah. um, the night he was nights he was quote unquote playing hockey, or you said you spend Friday nights with your friends. Maybe that's his weekend night with her. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it, it's like, a, it's, it's like, a, it's like a part-time job at the Auntie Anne's, you know, we just had our assigned shifts and we showed up when we were told. Oh my gosh. How did she find out about you? So, Um, she actually, she is also a huge dog lover and on a Friday night, you know, or a Saturday night, Chris and I were out at, it was our first date night since COVID. We were at, um, Dave and Buster's at the Southdale mall. And she said that she was just scrolling through Instagram and happened upon a picture of my dog, Maggie and Chris's dog, Siku, that I had posted back in September. So almost nine months ago. And it just happened to show up on her explore page. And she was like, wait, I know these dogs. And so she went to my profile. Apparently, Chris, um, apparently Kristen had met Maggie, my dog. And Chris told her that Maggie belonged to one of his buddies. And his buddy and his wife worked really long hours, two days a week. And so they would drop off Maggie for daycare. No, with your dog? With my dog. When literally we joked that she's at daddy daycare because we had been together so long where we referred to each other as the parent of the other one's animals. You know, I called myself mommy to his pets 
and I called him daddy to mine. But apparently he was telling her that Maggie just belonged to a buddy. And so Kristen went to my Instagram profile thinking that she would be seeing pictures of me and my supposed husband. Instead, she found um, pictures of me and Chris, me and Chris's cats, me and, and Chris's dog and my dog, me and Chris's dog, you know, just four years worth of relationship photos on my Instagram. And Did she put two and two together and realized what a huge lie Chris had been telling her. So did you, did you have pictures up of you too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pictures of us, um, you know, out. I think there was one, we went to Home Depot and we were looking at Christmas trees. Um, you know, so pictures- I'm guessing he didn't post pictures of you too, though. No, he had no social media presence. Ah. Which looking back, huge red flag. Yep. So she sees this and her mind is blown because she's like, in her mind, I'm going to guess she's like, I have been dating this person for 18 months. That's no short amount of time either. Exactly. Wow. And so she reaches out to you. You get the message. You already know what it is before you read it. And after she tells you that she didn't see any of your makeup or anything like that, like he must be cleaning it up. Did you start believing it? Did you like confront him immediately or did you talk to her for a while like what happened yeah so that was on a Wednesday night um Kristen and I talked most of the evening um a couple phone calls a couple text messages um and then at at, like around 10 30 I had to hang up and call one of my best friends because I was like having a full-blown panic attack um and so I sat on the phone with my friend for about an hour and a half um and then the next day was Thursday I was supposed to drop off Maggie for daddy daycare If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. As, as, our, as my usual schedule laid out, and I told Chris that I was, I told him that I had a migraine and I was staying home from work and that I would see him on Saturday. And he kind of kept asking me, like, are you sure you don't want to come over tonight? Are you feeling better? Do you want to come over for dinner? Do you want me to bring you anything? Um, because Kristen had told him that she was going to tell me. And she told Chris, I don't know exactly when she said it, but she basically told him, you have two days to tell her or I will. Okay, so she had already confronted him. Yes. Yeah, They she had confronted him like the week before and then like wrestled on whether or not to tell me and then ultimately decided that there's no way she couldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I can't, I can't call myself like a good woman if I don't tell you. You know, that is just like women support women and this is the kind of thing that like if you find out, you tell somebody. Mm-hmm. So me. And she told me, she's like, I didn't want to tell you. Uh, Part of me just wanted to pretend like nothing ever happened, but I couldn't let you stay with him not knowing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of people wouldn't believe the other woman. And because a guy like that 
or even if, or it could be a guy or female, but this situation, it's a guy, a guy like that is so used to lying and covering up stuff. And honestly, I think believing their own lies that a lot of the time, unfortunately, women will just continue on believing the lie the person tells them anyway and won't believe the person who has like clear evidence to show you yeah exactly and I had a couple friends like don't you hate this woman don't you hate her why are you still talking to her because like we've actually we hung out once or twice and we chat we we snapchat and stuff um and I had a friend ask don't you hate her how can you be friendly with her I'm like there's nothing that bonds two people more than this, I don't think. There's nobody else in the world that will understand exactly what we went through than the two of us. Well, yeah, and, and also she didn't know. She wasn't like exactly, with him. You. Exactly. She didn't know either. She she is as much of a victim as he is in this situation, or as I am in this situation. So you guys go back and forth. What kind of shocking information did you receive from her on those phone calls other um, than the office you found out he was living a double life basically <laughs> and all with you guys um I think one of the things that hurt me the most was she sent me several several screenshots of their conversation and he kept asking her not to tell me because it'll crush me because my best friend had just died my mom and I had just cut contact Um, And I admittedly, I was in a very, very, very bad place mentally the last year. Um, And I just thought it was so funny that like, oh, suddenly now you're so concerned about me. Now you are so worried about me being hurt, me being crushed and me having my heart broken. Where was that in the last 18 months? Do you, now that you know everything, do you believe he genuinely was concerned for your feelings or it was his cover-up because he didn't want to be caught? I think it was his cover-up because he didn't want to get caught. I think um, now looking back now, we actually have a group chat of me, Kristen, Caitlin, his other girlfriend that he cheated on me with back in 2017, and then his high school or his college girlfriend. And we have a group chat, the four of us, and we've just been kind of picking apart things um, about Chris. And I think that I was the first girlfriend that really got close to him in like a family sense. Um, I was the only one who had met his parents. I was supposed to go to his cousin's wedding the weekend after that I found out. Um, and so I think that he was really afraid of all of this coming back to his parents mm. because I was the only one who had ever met them before Don, his mom, Don and I, we texted, we were Facebook friends. Um, and so I think that that was probably a large part of it. Um, neither one of his other girlfriends had ever met his parents or any of his friends, which wow. another flag that I ignored for years. I didn't meet his parents until we had been together for almost four months or almost four years. I met them a couple of months before our four-year anniversary, which just another flag. (laughs) So what, when did you finally decide you're going to confront him? Yes. So, um, Friday night, um, two days after, um, Kristen told me, um, Chris was supposed to be golfing on Saturday afternoon and I had told him that I would come over 
around four and just kind of hang out until he got home, which is what we did most weekends when he was golfing. He would have like a one o'clock tea time. I would come over two, three, four and just hang out until he got home. And then we would do whatever we were going to do for the evening. And so I told Chris that I would come over while he was golfing and just hang out until he got home. And then we'd go get dinner or go to Target or whatever. And then Kristen and I were talking and we had this whole plan set up where, because Friday night we, we were literally having milkshakes and French fries together as we planned out what was going to happen the next day. And the plan was that while he was at golf, we were going to go and pick up, get all of my stuff out of his house because we had been together for four years. I had a lot of stuff at his house and we were going to clean it all up. And then, um, Chris and I, our two dogs, we always call them two cute girls. And so we, then after we got all of my stuff picked up, packed up, I was going to text him a picture of me and Kristen sitting on the couch and go two cute girls and just see how long it took him to, to leave golfing. Yeah. To- home and deal with this. <laughs> oh man. There was a little, uh, little change to the plan. Um, while we were having milkshakes on Friday night, Chris texted me and asked what I was doing. I lied. And I said, I was at my friend Meredith's house and he goes, okay, let me know when you get home. I want to talk to you about something. And obviously I know what he wants to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. And I, he wants to come to my house so he can leave when he wants to. So Kristen and I, we pay our milkshake tab and we go straight to his house and I, we walk inside. Oh, wow. Telling him that we were, we were not even telling him that we were coming. I had told him a half hour earlier, okay, I'll text you when I leave Meredith's house, my best friend. And instead we just show up at his house. Oh my gosh. What was his reaction when you walked in? You know, it's, I'll never forget this. He's in the bathroom brushing his teeth and I go, I'm like, hi, honey, as I'm walking inside. And he he steps out and he's like surprised to see me. And then Kristen steps out into the hallway behind me and his face just goes blank. And he's like, he starts laughing and he goes, all right then. And that was his like initial reaction. Laughing and all right then. Yeah. Wow. We spent the next... I don't know, two and a half, three hours, pretty much just yelling at him. And I was actually really proud. We had a really good, like, good cop, bad cop situation going on. <laughs> and, you know, we we did really well at, like, I would stand up and be like, I'm going to get myself a glass of water to give Kristen and Chris a couple of minutes alone. And then she would be like, I'm going to go put this bag of your of your toiletries in the car for you to give me and Chris a couple minutes alone. And it just really bounced off back and forth really nicely like that. Um, no or anything. I was really proud of our improv skills on that one. <laughs> no kidding. Um, but it was pretty much just basically three hours of me crying of Kristen yelling and Chris just sitting there with a blank look on his face, repeating the same three phases phrases he doesn't know he wasn't thinking he doesn't know why he did this so you basically got no closure at all because he just is not capable of that clearly yes exactly and the whole time I'm like you were thinking you literally hid my toiletries every other day 
so she wouldn't find them. You were you thought really hard. You put a lot of thought and effort into this. So don't say you weren't thinking. The only time the entire evening that he actually showed any true remorse was when I asked about my dog Maggie because Maggie loved I I am not even kidding when I say that she loves him more than she loves me. I'm not even kidding when I say that. And so I asked him, I was like, Chris, what am I supposed to tell Maggie? What am I supposed to tell her when she is never going to see you again? She is not Siku, Chris's dog. They were best friends. How am I supposed to tell her she is never going to see Siku again? She's never going to see the cats again. She's never coming to daddy daycare again. And that was the only time he actually looked sorry was when we were talking about my damn dog. God. Yeah. <laughs> I I just don't even have words. I mean, because you can yell and stuff, but then you have, I mean, you have to have the strength to actually end this relationship and do it cold turkey. And you go from having someone you talk to and see every single day and you have to cut off communication. I mean, did you completely cut off communication after that night or what happened? Um, you know, I definitely sent him a couple of really mean text messages in like the week after. Um, the week, the About two weeks after I went to Planned Parenthood to get tested and I sent him a Venmo request for my Planned Parenthood bill, <laughs> which he paid. Um but other than that, I didn't see, I, well, the next night he came over to, I left my body pillow there and I was like, bring me my body pillow tonight. And that, that was the last time I saw him in person. And I kind of was like, when he dropped off the pillow at my apartment, I kind of asked him, I was like, well, have you, do you have anything else you want to say to me? And the whole time he's just like, I don't know. He's just standing there shaking his head in the parking lot. I don't know. I don't have anything to say. And I was like, Okay. And I told him, I was like, don't ever call me. Don't ever text me. If, if you see me at Target, because we sh- this is the hardest part is we share the same Target. We share the same grocery store because we lived a mile and a half apart. And yeah. so I told him, if you ever see me at Target, you turn around and you walk out of the store immediately. If I see you, if I see your car on fire on the side of the road, I'm not going to stop and call 911. I truly don't care whatever happens to you ever again in your entire life. Which, you know, not true because I still love him and miss him yeah. terribly. But I mean, I he could he could show up outside my apartment door beaten to a pulp and bloody, and I don't think I would do anything about it because I just I can't. I had to like wash my hands of the entire situation and I just needed to be done with it. Which was hard because you know, when we got back together in 2017, after we broke up for about a month, we, um, we decided it was going to be, we were going to be casual, but four years later, and I have a key to his house. I sleep over every week. I would routinely invite myself over for, we called them mega sleepovers where I would come over on Friday and leave on Sunday. Um, I would invite myself over for a mega sleepover all the time. Um, you know, and so I, I spent, most of my life with him, you know, like the, the, over the over those four years, especially during quarantine, he was the only person I saw outside of work. Um, I thought I thought it was the same for him, but apparently he was also seeing Kristen. <laughs> yeah. But you know, going from literally a couple of weeks before I found out about Kristen, you know, one night we had spent 
you know, a good half hour or so talking about weddings and what kind of weddings we would want. And I showed him my Pinterest board of engagement rings that I liked and explaining to him what kind of rings I didn't like. And he, you know, sat there asking clarifying questions on engagement rings. And yeah, I agree. I like how there's three stones on that one instead of just one, you know, that kind of stuff, like actively engaging in the conversation about engagement rings and weddings and how neither one of us wanted like a big wedding. We wanted a courthouse wedding with like a fun, like a fun reception afterwards at a brewery or something like that. And so going from talking about weddings and engagement rings and one night I I'm a, I'm a very anal type A person. And I told him I had had a couple of drinks and I was like, I was like, did you know that I have a whole plan of how I would move into your house? And he was like, what? And I told him the whole plan. And, and you know how, when you've been together that long, you have phrases that like, you know what they mean, even though other people don't. Yep. Um, so I told him the whole plan about how I would move in and he goes, and I go, that doesn't sound so bad, right? And he agrees and goes, yeah, that doesn't sound so bad, which is exactly what he would say if I said I was going to make spaghetti for dinner tomorrow night. That doesn't sound so bad. You yeah. know, I took that as like, yeah, moving in sounds like a good idea. It's something we should talk about in more detail in the future. And then two weeks later, Emily, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I've been dating your boyfriend for 18 months. And so just kind of like the whiplash of this entire situation and how quickly everything changed in just the blink of an eye. Did he have those kind of conversations with Kristen? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Kristen and I like to joke that I was the favorite girlfriend. I got okay. seven nights. Um, I got Saturday nights. I got to meet his parents. I had the key to his house. Um, she, Kristen thinks that there was a little bit of um, like a Madonna whore complex in that they did like much more like elaborate things in the bedroom than we did. And she kind of thinks that like Chris saw me as like, this is the kind of woman I should marry. This is the kind of woman I should be with. This is the woman that I can bring home to my parents, you know, mm -hmm. and different relationships. She said that theirs was much more like physical based, especially in the beginning, but in the last 18 months had turned into more of like a full fledged relationship. Whereas ours was from the beginning, a committed monogamous relationship. And as far as I was concerned, we had more or less been together in a committed monogamous relationship for three years and 11 months. Um, little did I know he had been cheating on me literally the entire time because he had been dating Kristen when we met. Yeah. And so you literally you two have a theory that you two aren't the only two either. I, I really don't think so. I really think that there are other women. Um, one night we sat down and I was talking to Caitlin, his other girlfriend, and we I figured out timelines. You know, I sat down with a pad of paper and three markers and drew out the timeline. And Chris and Caitlin pretty much ended everything in the fall of 2017. And then from 2017 to present, Chris and 
Kristen were really off and on. They would be to, they would be on for a month and then not talk for six weeks, and then they would be on for a month and not talk for four months, while we were on the entire time. And so I really wouldn't be surprised at all to learn that while Chris and Kristen weren't talking, there was somebody else. There was a fourth woman to kind of fill in that spot. Yeah. That Kristen left vacant. Um, do I know for sure? Do I have any supporting evidence? No, but it really, truly wouldn't surprise me at all. And this happened, Emily, you said this happened like um, like a month ago, right? Six weeks ago. Okay. May what, have the past, what have the past six weeks been like for you? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't even know because I can barely remember them. You know, you kind of get into survival mode. It was the same way after my best friend Katie died last summer, where I don't remember a lot of it. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's the hardest part is how big of a part of my daily routine he was and like my weekly routine, the way that I just kind of like organized my life around him. You know, okay, Chris has hockey on Mondays and Wednesdays. Okay, so Mondays and Wednesdays are my laundry, errands, et cetera, evenings. That leaves up Tuesdays and Thursdays to be with him. Um, and so, you know, going from chugging along on the train tracks at full speed towards our final destination of like moving in and getting married someday to just dead, dead stop on the brakes, nothing in the blink of an eye has been um, very, very difficult, you know, because, you know, like the other day I saw a tweet about Tiger Woods and how he was seen for the first time since his accident. And like, all I wanted to do was send it to Chris or I'll, I'll come across a TikTok and all I want to do is share it with him because he was in a big part of my daily life for so long. Um, and so losing that kind of in one fell swoop has not been easy um, at all. <laughs> um, I'm really lucky that I have like a, a rock solid group of friends behind me during this time. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, even my dog, she, she knows something has changed. You know, the first couple of weeks after we broke up, every single morning she would try to pull towards my car because she knew that if she got to go in the car, she was going to Chris's house. So after the first couple of days where we skipped it, she started getting so pushy, pulling me towards my car because she wanted to go see Chris. You know, and so knowing that like, not only has he completely broken my heart, but my dogs as well, when she didn't deserve that either. Yeah. Has been <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, I think knowing that he's never gonna really own up to anything. Um, he's never gonna acknowledge his role in this situation for what it really was. He, you know, he's always gonna tell himself that he just made a mistake and he, you know, just wasn't thinking he had a lapse in judgment when it's so much more than that. Do you think it's a lapse in judgment or do you think, I know it's more than that one thing, moving forward, do you think he's capable of having a committed relationship or do you think that this is something that's going to 
I mean, honestly, he's going to be like this for the rest of his life. I think he's going to be like this the rest of his life. Um, as we talk to his college girlfriend more and learn the true circumstances of how they broke up, we realize that he told all three of us, his three Minnesota girlfriends, he told all of us very different stories of how they broke up and like how long they had been together, completely making up lies about a breakup that happened a decade ago. You know, he told me that they had broken up. Um, they moved to San Francisco together from Minnesota where they met. And he told me that they broke up six weeks after moving to San Francisco. He told Kristen that they broke up two years after moving to San Francisco when they actually broke up six months after moving to San Francisco. That sounds like such a weird lie. And I exactly I, I what's never, the point? I I never because I've ha- had stories like this on my podcast before, and you kind of described it as a part time job before that you guys were checking in for your job. But for me, it's like how exhausting for a human to have two relationships to remember who I had these conversations with, who oh who is this inside joke with, and the cleaning up of like your makeup and stuff is one thing. How would you not be afraid that? Kristen wouldn't spontaneously show up on a Thursday night or that you wouldn't see her at Target because you guys said you said you did all the casual like grocery shopping and Target runs and stuff together like are you live a life just I mean a life obviously just looking over your shoulder constantly that sounds so awful and so this is um this is kind of funny we're gonna go back to when we um when we had only been dating for a couple of couple of months. This was back in August of 2017. We had been together for um, about two months. It was a couple weeks before the state fair. So we've been together like, I don't know, 10 weeks or so. And we had just decided that we were like boyfriend and girlfriend. And we were at his house one night, you know, it's a Saturday night, we're watching TV on the couch, and they were watching a movie or something. And all of a sudden, we see someone go through the back gate and start unlocking the, the back door. And at first, I thought it was his cousin because his cousin had been living with him up until July when he moved in with his girlfriend. And Chris had told me that he and Caitlin, his other girlfriend, um, that they had been together off and on for a couple of years, but he was fully off. He didn't want to go back to that relationship. He wanted to leave it in the past, but she hadn't accepted that. And that's kind of all I knew about his other girlfriend. And all of a sudden, uh, Caitlin and her friend are walking into the house and she is yelling and screaming about who the fuck are you? I'm his fucking girlfriend, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what's happening. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go and I get my stuff and I go sit in my car outside of his house until she leaves. And then I, after I see her leave, I kind of go back out and I was like, what the hell was that? And he's like, that's my ex-girlfriend she does not want to break up. I told her, I've told her several times, I've been telling her for months that I don't want to get back together, but she won't accept it. And I had no reason to doubt him. So I believed him. I thought Mm -hmm. that just, you know, I've been in those relationships before where you're on and off, on and off, on and off. And one party doesn't accept that it's fully off. I've been that Mm -hmm. before. I've been the girlfriend who didn't want to accept that it was off before. And so I had no reason to doubt him. And I just believed him. I just believe that, yeah, this is your ex-girlfriend who still had a key to your house. And she had texted him that she was coming over to get something, but he was with me. So his phone was on silent and he didn't see it. And then she's just all of a sudden walking inside. And I just believe that. 
And I believe that, yeah, this is your crazy, toxic ex-girlfriend. His words, not mine. This is your crazy, toxic ex-girlfriend who hasn't accepted that you guys are fully broken up yet. And so I believed him and went on like nothing, like nothing had changed, you know, just kept moving forward. And looking back, I'm just like, oh my gosh, there was the first sign from the universe that girl, this is not the relationship for you. You know, they, the universe tried to tell me then they tried to tell me another in, in December at my birthday, when I learned that he and, and Caitlin had hooked up in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just ignored it because I was like, no, it's, it's just a weird fluke. It was a one-time mistake. And he told me it was over. He said that he was sorry. He said that it was a mistake. He didn't mean it blah, 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 blah. And I believed him and kept going. But, you know, we, we went out all the time. We would go out to Mall of America and walk around, you know, pre-COVID and we just walk around all evening and then go see a movie or, you know, go apple picking and pumpkin picking and all that kind of stuff, just living our lives like normal. And that was another reason why I felt like I didn't have anything to be worried about because we went anywhere we wanted to go all over the Twin Cities. You know, it wasn't like, oh, we have to stay in this neighborhood or we can't go there. We can't do this. We did everything I wanted to do. Yeah. So it's so fresh because even though it's been six weeks, you were in a four-year relationship. So I'm going to guess you're still in one of the earlier kind of hard phases. And we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Is there anything you've taken from this moving I know the last thing you're thinking about is dating again I'm just saying (laughs) moving forward for yourself in general is there something you've taken away from this maybe you've I don't know if you were still in therapy when this all happened or if you have gone back to therapy oh yeah weekly therapy every week every Friday (laughs) is there anything that you've any steps you've made or anything that you would pass along to someone else because it really is easy to overlook those things that now are glaring red flags in the moment you don't have any reason to not trust a person we usually go into things trusting people unless we have baggage from a previous relationship um which you know is something that is very real that could be could happen for you in your next one so i think my biggest thing moving forward um is friends and family we were together for four years and i didn't meet his parents until march of this year and i never met any of his friends And, you know, he met several of mine and whenever I would ask him about it, he would get kind of weird about it. And he told me that he wasn't ready and that, um, and part of the reason why was because, you know, he moved to San Francisco with his girlfriend and then six weeks later they broke up. And it was just a really embarrassing time because people would always ask about her and he would have to tell people, oh no, we broke up. And it's like, really? You guys just moved to San Francisco together. Why did you break up? And you know, having to tell everybody that all the time. And like, whenever he would come home and his friends, his high school and college friends would be like, oh, where's Larissa? Oh no, we broke up. And so I just kind of naively was like, okay, well, you know, he will introduce me when he's ready. Um, I have a lot of my own mommy and daddy issues from my childhood. And so there was a large part of me that didn't even want to meet his parents because I had heard plenty of stories about his mom. And and I knew that as soon as we met, we were going to like be best friends. You know, like you just kind of know um, his parents are delightfully 
standard Midwestern parents, you know, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. They're just wonderful people. And I had heard enough stories about them. I had um, texted with his mom briefly through his phone because she he didn't want me to be in direct contact with her, which makes sense now looking back. Um, you know, but like there was once or twice where he wanted me to make something his mom made. And so I had to ask her a question about the relation, about the um, recipe, you know? And so I just knew, I was like, as soon as I meet his parents, I'm going to love them. And if we ever break up, it's going to be like losing my own parents all over again. Because, you know, growing up and having to actively choose to cut your parents out of your life for your own mental well-being is a whole other heartbroken episode in itself, you know? Yeah. I knew that as soon as I met his parents, I was going to love them, that they would love me. I just, I just knew it. You know, I'm not to brag, but I'm the kind of girl moms love. Um, yeah. My, no, I my- get that from you. You're just like a kind, bubbly, I don't know. I can, I can tell that from you. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, when we, when I met his parents, you know, his mom was so nice to me and she was so excited to meet me and I was so excited to meet her. Um, and then when we hugged, she was like, when we were leaving, we hugged and she's like, oh, I'm so happy to finally meet you. And at the time I remember thinking, I wonder how long she thinks we've been together Mm. because we have been together for four years. And I was like, I wonder if Chris, I wonder how long he told her we've been together. And so there was one night after, um, after we met and we were Facebook friends, (laughs) it, I, you know, I'm, I'm a nice person. I try my best to be a good person, but I have my toxic moments just like everybody else. And so I texted one of my girlfriends and I, 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 I messaged my friend Caitlin and I go, can you comment on my Facebook status that in a way that will let me answer that Chris and I have been together for four years because I wanted his mom to see it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I posted a status about how oh, it's so weird that Chris and I have spent a quarter of our relationship on the couch because of quarantine. And and my friend goes, have you guys been together that long already? And I was like, yeah, four years in June. And his mom heart reacted it. And so I was like, yes, okay. She knows that we've been together for a yep. long time. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, we all, we all have those moments, right? No one's perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yes. So. Um, and have so- Have you talked to her you guys broke up? Um, yes, not, not much lately. I actually, (laughs) again, I'm not a perfect person. I have my toxic moments, but as, um, as we pulled into Chris's driveway that that on May 7th or 9th, whatever that Friday was that we, you know, officially broke up, I pulled into his driveway at like nine o'clock at night and I was supposed to go to his cousin's wedding the next weekend. And so I texted Don as I pulled into Chris's parking lot and I go, Don, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to make it to Sarah's wedding next weekend. I learned yesterday that Chris has been cheating on me for 18 months. Oh, wow. What was her response to that? You know, just, oh my gosh, are you serious? I can't believe this. He has always hated this behavior and others. Kevin and I are so disappointed. We are going to have to talk to him you know, the whole, the whole spiel of disappointed mother, because I was like, you know what? I don't want Chris to get away with this. I want, I want his mom to know. I, uh, again, not a little bit proud of it, but not super proud of it. 
I found all of his friends on Facebook and messaged all of them. I found their wives on Facebook and messaged them. Because oh <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? If my friend treated women like this, I would want to know. And if my husband's best friend treated women like this, I would want to know. So and has he reached out to you at all, by the way? Nothing. No. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. Hasn't even responded to my mean text messages. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the biggest shock was when one of his best friend's wives responded to me and she's like, Emily, we had no idea he was even dating anybody. Wow. A single friend that we had been together for four years. How and, did that make you feel? Um, hurt, <laughs> shocked. Yeah. Um, I, 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 again, I, tr I couldn't believe it because I'm the kind of person I like to take care of people. I like to take care of people. I like to feed people. That's my love language. And whenever Chris would go on golf weekends with his buddies, or they had a hockey tournament in Duluth, that kind of stuff, I would always pack him bags and bags of treats, you know, Rice Krispie bars, cookies, brownies, you know, any, anything that they would want, I would make for them. And so I'm like, how could they not know he's in a relationship? Who did they think was making salted brown butter rice crispy treats every year for their, their golf trip after Labor Day? You know, yeah. who did they say was making that stuff? Because anyone who knows him knows that Chris wasn't making that stuff. Was Did he say his mom made it? Did he just say that he got it from a grocery store, even though it's clearly in someone's Tupperware container. Yeah. And, and so I, I responded to her message and I was like, no, we, we weren't casual. We were together. I, you know, I would house sit him for him for five days at a time while he was in California for work. We talked about weddings. We talked about moving in. It wasn't just like a casual fling. We were together and knowing that he hadn't told a single one of his friends about me. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Because I let him into my life 100%. He knew all of my friends. He came with me to, um, to my work holiday parties. You know, anything where you wouldn't normally bring your boyfriend, I brought him. Yeah. And then finding out that he hadn't even told his friends about me after four years together. I just I'm, I'm speechless about that um I <laughs> I mean I'm just speechless I I just I can't even fathom not even just saying like oh yeah my friend Emily like even making up some lie about how I live across the street from you and our dogs are friends you know how how did he avoid talking about me in conversation at all didn't his friends ever ask, what did you do this weekend? And he answered, oh, I went to go see a movie with Emily. You know, like, yeah. how deep did these lies go? And how many layers of lies are there to cover things up? And, you know, and like, even now, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, there were times where I would ask him if he wanted to go see a movie and he would say no. And I remember being like surprised because that seemed like a movie he would have enjoyed. And now I'm like, oh, well, had he, had he already seen it with his other girlfriend? Is oh, that, yeah. I see it with me? Cause he'd already seen it. Oh. 
And so, you know, learning that none of his friends knew about me, um, he's hiding my existence in his life. Um, another big thing was I asked Kristen because, you know, we had been together so long. So like he had the, he had the Hulu account and I paid for the, the Netflix account. And so when you log in, you can select the profiles of who you want to watch from. And I remember asking her like, well, who did he say was Emily on the Netflix account that I paid for? And, he yeah. goes, and she said that Chris said it was his cousin, Emily. Wow. And one time she found a makeup wipe in his trash can. And he said that his cousin, Emily, had been over. His, <laughs> instead of his cousin, Sarah, who I literally helped watch her cats while they were out of town. I would go over with him to play with the cats while his cousin, Sarah, was out of town. I was supposed to go to his cousin, Sarah's wedding the next weekend and he's telling Kristen that, oh yeah, I share a Netflix account with my cousin, Emily. And we share the, the Hulu account. We share the HBO account. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. I, <laughs> I think I like, I feel like there's so many jaw dropping moments in this story. Emily, like and the, and I, I, we all, we all just want some freaking closure. Like what? I mean, you have zero actual feelings for me because it's really hard to imagine someone had true feelings. He sounds like someone who is just not even capable. Like, yeah. The but I understand. Like that doesn't make you feel better at all because you're never going to get close to him that, from him that you deserve. You just it'll always be a wonder and a what if. And I am so sorry you have gone through this and are are going through this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My therapist yeah. actually said the same thing. It was so funny because I remember my first therapy appointment after everything happened and I, I sat down and I was like, okay, Heller, I have a story for you. I need you to not say anything until I'm finished questions at the end and just <sighs> tell her everything that had happened. And she was shocked. You know, she is equally as speechless as I am. And you know, and then in a later session, she goes, you know, Emily, I don't use this word lightly, but I really think he might be a sociopath. Kind of a trained like mental health professional agrees with me. He's a sociopath. Yeah. He's like, he's crazy the way that he just completely compartmentalized and hid everything and made up elaborate lies. I mean, even things about how he ended his relationship a decade ago, lying about it to, to, to this day. When there's yeah. no point in lying about it. It's so strange. It really is. It really, really is. Oh, and so now, you know, six weeks later, I, um, several times a day, I just kind of have to sit back and go, okay, this is happening. This happened. It's happening. I have no idea how we got here, but we're here. And just kind of like acknowledge that like, yes, this did happen. You are not as crazy as you think you are. And this happened, this actually truly happened because this is the kind of thing that it happens in movies and it happens on podcasts and you, you, you hear about that story, but you never think it's going to happen to somebody that you know firsthand, let alone yourself. Yeah. I think I even messaged that to you multiple times. Like this is yeah. literally <laughs> a movie because we were direct messaging each other when you reached out. Um, yeah. 
And I just, I, I thank you for sharing your story. Cause I mean, this is still so fresh. I'm glad you're taking the steps to do, to he, like help heal yourself in any way that you can. Cause that's such a huge thing. Um, because it's not easy, any part of what you're going through is. So I want to thank you for sharing this. Cause I mean, it's like, I haven't had a story like yours. I don't think <laughs> ever, but also if I have, it's been a while and uh, it's just, I know it's going to help a lot of people feel less alone. I hate that anyone else would even have to feel what you're feeling. I hate that you're going through this because it's, you're right. It's just insane. But thank you for sharing your story with me today. Yeah, of course. I am. Um, I'm a firm believer that I, there is profound beauty and grieving and I'm not afraid to share that with other people. I think, um, you know, since my best friend died, I've been very vocal with my grief on Facebook. I have a, a very small Facebook account. I keep it in, in tight numbers. Um, but I've had several friends reach out to me since, since then. And since I have been so public and vocal with my grief that thanking me for sharing it because it makes it easier for them with whatever they're going through, whatever they're grieving, it makes it easier knowing that they're not alone. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I, I'm sure this has happened to plenty of other, maybe, maybe not on such a grand scale, but I'm sure that there are plenty of other women in the Twin Cities that have been just completely lied to by someone they thought they thought loved them when this is not love if someone loves you they would never ever ever treat you this way you know I have I have friends that I have planned birthday surprises for I have one friend and my, my other friend Meredith who lives in England and I had several conversations with her husband about a whole birthday surprise and I had him going to a local bakery to pick up cupcakes for her for her birthday. And he happily did all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? That is love. That is true, actual love. But someone that has kept me in, you know, like the closet, so to speak, not like, but like not letting me into any part of their lives other than our immediate relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't let me spill into any other part of his life. I never met his friends. I, didn't meet his parents until the end of our relationship. And that is not what love is about. I, I, I think that, I, I just think it's important for women of the Twin Cities to know that, that like, if someone truly loves you, you will know. And if you have those little doubts in your mind, I've had little doubts in my mind about my relationship with Chris. And I just thought that, you know, this is what a normal relationship looks like. It's normal to doubt your relationship. I grew up watching my parents separate and get back together for years. And so I just thought that this was normal. I thought this is what relationships look like. You think about breaking up, consider breaking up, planning to break up with somebody, and then you don't. And then you mm -hmm. get stay together for, you know, another six months until, oh, should I break up with Chris? No, I'm not going to do it. You know, I had, I had girlfriends practically begging me to dump him for our entire relationship ever since he cheated on me the first time they were like you deserve so much better and you will find so much better you just have to go out and look for it and I was like no I'm happy with Chris we're happy together and <laughs> not really <laughs> um and, you know and selfishly there's another part of me that also wants every single woman of the Twin Cities to know this so he never does this to anybody else yeah um I, I, I grew up with a very, very 
traumatic childhood, um, you know, and then my best friend died. And I, I can still say that this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Because, you know, just the way when you're in a relationship with somebody and you let down all of your guards and you tell them all your deepest, darkest secrets and all your insecurities and, you know, you just completely open yourself to somebody and let them in 100%. And then to have him turn around and just rip my heart out like that. It's not love. It's not love. And I'm embarrassed that I ever thought it was love and I'm embarrassed that I loved him and I still love him because I know that if he actually loved me he never would have done any of this and you know it's it's one it would have been one thing if he had just cheated on me with if they were just like fuck buddies you know but the fact that they had the are we exclusive and monogamous conversation and he said yes you know not that them being fuck buddies would have been forgivable in any means, but it just takes it to a whole other layer layer of betrayal. Yeah. You know, because in the last year I've been working through a lot of childhood trauma and therapy and sharing with sharing that with him a lot. He was a major support for me in that time. And I remember when we were that con- that night when like we were yelling at him at one point I, I was yelling at him and I was like, Chris, my mom stole my child, entire childhood from me. You know, I in Halloween last year, I cried because it was the first time I'd ever carved a pumpkin. And he was there with me as I was crying over carving a pumpkin. And, and I was like, Chris, you know what my mom did to me growing up. You know how my parents treated me. You know how they stole my childhood. So how could you turn around and do that? the same thing to me? letting me love you, letting me fall in love with you, knowing full well you were never going to marry me and I was never going to, I was never going to move in with you. And he just, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. And I just, I, I can't believe that somebody else would be so careless with somebody else's heart like that. You know, I, I've always been the type that like, there is beauty in love and pain and grief and everything, but I don't think that there's anything more beautiful than like two people choosing to spend their lives together and choosing like, I love this person so much that I want to spend the rest of my life with them in the way that he took advantage of that and just took it completely for granted, selfishly taking everything I had to give to him to turn around and ruin me in one fell swoop is I think one of the hardest things about it. When he knew what I'd been through as a kid, and he chose to do it to me as an adult. I yeah, I mean, that's there are no words for something like that. I'm just like Emily. I'm like I want to be there to like hug you because I like that's the thing. I I put it on another podcast. Like I hate being at a distance from someone when you're bearing your heart and soul on my podcast, and like I'm just so sorry. I, there's like nothing I can add because you said it so beautifully. I mean, honestly, you did. And you deserve that love and you will find that beautiful connection with someone that like is dying to introduce you to their family and friends. Like you guys are not going to believe how lucky I am. Like she's perfect for me. You're going to see, like, you're just, you're going to find that. And you're, it's, 
I don't know when, and there's no rush because that's not the end all be all um, to everything. I think right now is like a phase of your life where you're working on yourself, you're rebuilding, you're, you're healing. And I hope that that healing comes so quickly for you because you deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I hope it comes soon. Um, but I'm not, I'm not in any rush for anything. Um, Chris and I started dating, um, about a month after I moved out of my mom's house, um, and, you know, like moved into my own apartment for the first time. And so this is, this is kind of the first time that I'm like truly like an adult single woman, because when I lived at home, I was still under, you know, my mom's rules and everything and keeping her happy and doing what I could to not rock the boat with my mom. Um, and then as soon as I moved out, started dating Chris. And so I feel like I never really got the chance to, um, to truly get to know myself yeah. and so kind of how I'm trying, that's <laughs> how I'm telling myself we're going to view this period is this is the perfect time to get to know who I truly am. Yep. And so I'm trying to focus on that because it's a little bit easier than like, <laughs> the man I thought I was going to marry is a psychopathic liar. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's a good way to like yeah redirect the focus um, well, I wish you so much luck in this phase of life this next phase this next stage getting to know yourself from what I've gotten to know I think you're gonna like yourself a lot you seem like a very lovely <laughs> yeah. person, so I think it's gonna be a really great relationship and I want to thank you one more time so much for sharing your story today on the Heartbroken Podcast Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. It was a, an honor. I've been a longtime fan. And so big honor to be the final episode. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. It's so crazy. I'm wrapping it up. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. <laughs>